Ready on the roar. Yet another title. Their 12th full championship. Mourner. Up go the flags. And the Scott Robertson dynasty ends as it began in triumph. Crusaders champions yet again. Yes, yet another triumph for the Crusaders, taking another thrilling Super Rugby Pacific final with a 25-20 win over the Chiefs in Hamilton tonight. It's their 14th overall Super Rugby title, their 12th in full competition, as you just heard there from Tony Johnson on Sky Sport in New Zealand, and a well-earned one at that. Brett McKay with you for the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. And I'm joined by Raw Rugby expert Jeff Parks, fresh from a long lunch in Melbourne, and my regular Raw Rugby podcast co-host, Harry Jones, coming to us from the noted rugby enclave of Spain, because of course he is, for the instant reaction to tonight's final, the Crusaders' five-point win securing the Super Rugby Pacific title for 2023. Gentlemen, what a hell of a game of rugby we've just witnessed. Yeah, it was spellbinding. I, I, I didn't know... Um, quite what to make of it. I think Brad Weber's speechlessness at the end was mm. the perfect uh, summary. He could not yeah. speak at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. How'd you see it, Jeff? Yeah, uh, look, just a fantastic final and and very typical of a final. A long uh, sorting out period early, a uh, bit of tentativeness, uh, you know, associated with that. Uh, but once the sides warmed into the game and got. Uh, got used to what Ben O'Keefe was up to. Uh, you know, the second half was just uh, a brilliant advertisement for rugby and yeah. exactly how it should be. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Um, typical of this podcast format is that Harry is coming to us from the other side of the world. Why on earth are you in Spain? No, actually, don't, say, don't, don't, no, don't answer that. I'm just going to get to well, I just want to. No. I just want to say that there are s- several Basque players who have played for um, pretty top top teams. So there, there is some mm. rugby in this very little strip here, right next to Biarritz. Yes, 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 true. Of course, of course. For those of you who know and love the instant reaction format so much from last year, you know exactly what we're about to get into. For those of you listening uh, who might be new to the pod this season, again, welcome. But the format is pretty simple. We'll come up with our headline summary of the game and go through them. Then it's stocks rising and falling, which is back. We've decided to leave heroes and zeros in the weekly pod. And then to finish, we'll think back with a quick summary of the season and some Australian highlights as well. So let's get into it, guys. Our headlines from the game. Harry, you've been overthinking this already. I can see it. What do you got? King Richard retains crown. That's it. Yeah. I think there's a there's a dynastic, dynastic, imperial, monarchical theme here about how difficult it is for a show like Succession to supplant dynasty. But... You know, you look at how difficult it is to wrest the crown away from Crusader hands. They just have this knack of staying in. They are very good ref readers. Um, I think that in the big moments of the match, they played the simple rugby the best. And I think the Chiefs, um, in a way, for the whole season, they were a much more carded team. They had 10 cards in the regular season to the Crusaders five. So maybe you can never really escape um, you know, that type of rugby, it's difficult to change. And the, and the Crusaders could go back into a much more simple, um, you know, retention of the crown. Mm. Take it take it from us, you know, we're yeah, the champion yeah. and the champion gets the benefit of the doubt. 
Yeah, yeah. It was their, it's their sixth title of winning away from home, Jeff. It's it is just it's just incredible, isn't it? What was your headline? Uh, well, I think the headline for me is the big winner from the match uh, is the All Blacks. Uh, so in two ways, I think uh, one being the All Blacks from next year. Uh, Razor Robinson obviously, uh, you know, bows out of the Crusaders with an almost impeccable record. Mm. And, uh, to be coming into a national coach role uh, with that sort of momentum, uh, I think that's, that clearly has to be a big tick to the All Blacks. But I think Ian Foster's a big winner as well. If you look at some of the key positions, uh, New Zealand doesn't have the most depth at lock, but if we're looking at three of the outstanding players uh, tonight, they're the big three locks, White Lock, mm. Barrett, Retallick, yeah, uh, all outstanding. And then also if you look at wing, we saw Whanganuku, and Narawa. Narawa is unbelievable. And Stevenson, who isn't even in the All Blacks, uh, if he if he can't make a national side, then New Zealand are in a pretty good place. So that's, yeah. my, headline. that's my headline. If Sean Stevenson can't make a All Black squad, we need to find an Australian grandmother real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone down a similar similar theme. I've just gone raise a gang shreds Chiefs title dreams because yeah, I mean, I wonder now whether Scott Robinson look will look back on the the trans the Super Rugby Trans Tasman season of twenty one as a failure. Given that he didn't even make the final, <laughs> it's, without, it's losing, without losing a game. Without losing a game, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. It's almost, um, it's almost quite unbelievable, isn't it? If Seven, that's his worst failure, you know, it's not a bad. Record it's not a bad one. Have. Yeah, it's not a bad one to have. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into the the stocks rising, and I don't think we're going to be having any shortage here, Harry. Who who was your standout? Well, to carry on Jeff's theme about uh, how pretty the all black sit right now luke jacobson for me was yeah. an amazing player and i thought that he allowed the chief uh chiefs to stay in there um i mean usually if you have three cards you're losing by 10 or 15. so the fact that they were even in it and perhaps with a disallowed try would have been the winners shows you someone carried carried the team i thought luke jacobson was outstanding tamati williams for um crusaders continue yep. to stake his claim for all black so on the theme of all blacks are sitting pretty Luke Jacobson, Tamati Williams, uh, take a bow. I do think as well the tacticians at the Crusaders of saying, we will turn uh, Maka, the little Maka with the big Saka, the uh, <laughs> the man who can seem to just pull a rabbit out of the hat, we'll make him a tackler. And so 10 tackles he was forced into in the first half. Didn't matter so much mm. about, you know, trying to catch him. It's difficult to put a, put a leather on, but let's make him tackle us. So yeah. I think that was really smart and it built momentum. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Jeff, who is the who whose stocks are rising in your eyes? Well, you know, I was thinking about the standout players and and most of them are on the Chiefs side. If you're looking mm. at individual players, and Jacobson certainly uh stood out and uh, what a shoulder he's got. Um and yeah. Yeah, so he's he's come a long way in four years uh, since he was uh he was uh, sent back from the World Cup last time and he's You'd have to think he's going to play a, a pretty big role in this one. Uh, but I think that's the point. Even if the Chiefs have all those impact players, uh, the Crusaders, it's their team cohesion. 
Mm. It's uh, it's the connectedness, uh, you know. So guys who are a bit more unheralded, Tom Christie's probably one all year. Uh, been an outstanding mm. yeah. uh, contributor at seven, and he was again tonight. Uh, so it's just those little things that they do as a team. Uh, and I think that overrides for me, you know, trying to pluck out individuals. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's just, they're such a strong team. Yeah. Yeah. You've both now, you've both now inadvertently um, highlighted the guy I was, I was going to go for. I, I actually think Damien McKenzie was, I, mean, I know Sam Whitelock was the player of the final, but I think Damien McKenzie was awfully close in a beaten team. He was incredible tonight. And so, the winner out of that is definitely Ian Foster because now all of a sudden he's got a genuine headache at number 10 for, for New Zealand. And it's not just now who does he pick, Moanga or McKenzie. Now it is genuinely how does Bowden Barrett get a game? And that's yeah. a hell of a problem for Ian Foster to have. But I was also going to mention Tom Christie, who just is one of like only two Crusaders who played every game this year. And he came off the bench in a couple, but he's just... Yeah, unheralded, very much like, um, very much like Matt Todd, that sort of yeah, player. No, just doesn't doesn't get the headlines, but just does the job every week, and he he gets through a mountain of work. He does every every time. Um, it might it might have been that kind of match, you know, because Barrett was the same kind of player. He doesn't doesn't really ever get the huge headlines, but yeah, geez, he, he worked hard. And if you just watched him for a while, which I did actually, he just doesn't stay on the floor. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a really good point. It's a really good point. Um, just, sorry, on McKen- uh, just on McKenzie, if I can throw one more in. So what we saw last week in the semi and tonight in the first half was the Chiefs kicking the ball back a lot uh, from the backfield yeah. uh, where McKenzie plays. And what happened, they're uh, down five points at half time. What happened the first play when they came out in the second half, McKenzie ran it back. And yeah. then did it the next couple of times as well. And the whole tenor of the game changed. The Chiefs then suddenly, instead of being that little bit of hands-off, finals footy, a little bit tentative, they yeah. took the game to the Crusaders. They played. And, then, and, yeah. then, and, and that was McKenzie running the ball back and then the other yeah. players got on the act. And then all of a sudden they had a five-point lead. Now, they weren't able to sustain it, and that's credit to the Crusaders. But uh, he is a very influential player. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We've got to go to stocks falling, though, Harry, and I think this is actually going to be a hard exercise to go through because it's hard to think of too many here. Yeah, I don't know. It was uh, Two things occurred to me. One was Anton Leonard-Brown, one of the experienced players on the field, I think came out <laughs> of non-finals brain. Uh, yeah. And perhaps it's because he's pushing so hard. I mean, you know, he's, he's the guy that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And I saw him make three mistakes. Uh, one of them got him carded. Um, some of the other cards you could argue were more of accumulation, but that was a straight up idea. That was just a high tackle. Yeah. It came in from a long distance. He had plenty of time to do else than that. You could have actually just, you know, missed the guy and have been fine too. Um, yeah. And so I thought that was, that was tough. I, I just think maybe... Um, looking at the final four teams, you look at the hardest working teams. The like Brumbies actually, were, I think, were top three because the Canes didn't work hard enough. The the style of uh, miracle the Blues, ball of course, was, you mean? was yeah, I'm the Blues. I'm sorry. The, yeah. the, the sp- That's how style- hard they didn't work. They're so forgettable. <laughs> the style of uh, the style of miracle ball may be the big loser, and I think fundamentals yeah. still win rugby championships. Could have done the little things a little bit better in the first half. I think that that, that one moment though stood out for me. Anton Leonard Brown. Yeah in space cheek to cheek 
really lucky boy. Could have been yeah. red in my, in many competitions. Yeah, it could well have been. Jeff, what uh, what did you have? Uh, well, very hard to find a loser out of all of this. I mm. think if you ask a lot of Chiefs fans, three yellow cards, uh, so they'd be lining up uh, Ben O'Keefe. Yeah, um, he got the he got the typical reception at a losing uh, home he, ground, didn't yeah, he? At, it at it makes you wonder about why they award referees. Uh, you know, <laughs> why they do it out in public? Definitely. Yeah, I think that's probably better uh, kept for under the grandstand. But um, no, look, uh, you know, whatever you think about a referee, uh, you couldn't argue with any of the yellow cards. So no. Uh, there's no criticism of O'Keefe for that. Um, Look, I'm struggling as well. Uh, Anton Leonard-Brown, that was a really disappointing challenge. I mm. was surprised that it was only kept at yellow. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we hear more about that during yeah. the week. Uh, but the one uh, the one little one, and it's only a little one because he's such a great asset around the field in terms of his go forward, and that is uh, Samisoni Takiaho. If we're talking about the All Blacks being big winners out of this, there is a little bit of a fragility about his line-out throwing. Yes, uh, we've seen true. It in the last two or three weeks. And I think if you're going into World Cup big matches, elimination matches, uh, you know, those days are gone. You just can't afford to to drop three line-outs or something like that in a big game. So uh, I'm not, not painting him as stocks right down, yeah. but uh, there's it a little help. bit of watch a little bit of a watch on him yeah i think i think the crusaders had three line out steals by about the 50 minute mark maybe it was by the hour but the, but they were all they were all crucial there's no doubt yeah, and there was my, one over the top and you yeah know, he's just he's not it's quite one, as accurate as yeah. as an yeah. elite level player yeah. needs to be no it's fair it's fair it's fair um mine i i couldn't i couldn't think of a player so my my only stocks falling was is the the technicalities of the laws. And this is not to suggest it was wrong because it definitely wasn't, but the damn offside line at the back of a back of a ball. And it's only that Damien McKenzie Damien McKenzie was undone by the field markings. The the line out being <laughs> inside yeah. halfway meant that he had to be the other side of the 10 meter line and he was only about four, five meters offside in the end. There was just there was just no way that try could stand. Um, and so it was well spotted by Whichever AR or, or Brendan Picker or the TMO upstairs, it was well spotted by whoever did see it. But that effectively became um, a fourteen-point turnaround. But then, but then we're but then we're, but then we're back to another issue: it's lack on a try-scoring play because it's within the try-scoring sequence. But then you go back to some really horribly missed forward passes that were maybe yeah. two or three in, and then you wonder, you know, why are we looking so hard at the try-scoring sequence, and we're going to try and find one thing wrong with it? But then we don't, you know, it's a rod for yeah. your own back. If, you, if you're going to yeah. ref a final in that punctilious way, to me, it's a tail of the tiger. Then then the losing fans or the neutral even goes, well, why are we not looking at everything then? Yeah. I actually think sometimes a finals ref is better with a free flow, even if you get some things wrong, like a Nigel Owens would. I worry about, oh, you missed that one. You missed that one because you're missing a lot of things. Mm. Um, I feel like he kind of puts down this... this um, Feeling that I'm going to catch everything, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. He doesn't really catch everything. Yeah. No one can catch everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to the, on the season summaries and, and, and look to wrap this up, a, a quick word from the from the two of you on the Scott Robertson reign of the Crusaders. I mean, seven titles from seven seasons. You can't do too much more than that, can you? 
No, it's it's it hardly bears talking about really. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that just speaks for itself. And uh, you know, now he he moves on. Uh, surely he's going to have to learn uh, that he's going to lose some games and lose yeah. some titles. You know, he the irony is uh, if the All Blacks win the Bledisloe Cup uh, this year again, uh, you know. Robertson's pretty good odds to be the first All Black coach to lose the Bledisloe Cup for you know twenty three years or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that would be uh, cruel. Kind of right. looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so no, look, I'm 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 trying to pluck something out of yeah. nowhere. Uh, you know, he's his record speaks for itself. Uh, he's going to be a, a, a really good All Blacks coach, but. It's going to be different. You know, he's mm. not within a structured system where he's got the guys all the time. And uh, it's going to be very different yeah. for him. But but in terms of what he's done, what the franchise has done, I know you've had Colin Mansbridge on there recently. Uh, it's just a well-oiled machine. It is. And, uh, and, and, you know, I know the prevailing view in Australia for a lot of people is that the Crusaders keeping on winning is bad for rugby. Uh, I just don't understand that. No. Uh, it, this is elite sport, and uh, we need to reward excellence, and that's the benchmark for other yeah. people to step up to. Yeah, the the test, Harry. Now, um, and and the reminding us of speaking, Jeff reminding us about speaking to Colin Mansbridge, makes me think of this. The test for that organisation now is going to be how well they build in twenty twenty four. They lose Scott Robinson, they lose Moanga Whitelock, and a host of players next year plus all their assistant coaches, now we find out just how well-oiled the Crusaders machine is, don't we? Yeah, it's almost like a historical debate between the great man of history theory where one, you know, Napoleon or whatever, one person changes history or was there actually underlying this giant movement? You know, what makes mm. uh, that area of rugby so good, the Christchurch, Canterbury area? You know, there's certainly a debate, but we don't know until we see Razor is as good as Sir Alec Ferguson or Phil Jackson yeah. in that he could adapt with different players. It's one thing to say, oh, he always had the players. No, you, you, you know, until that player is the player, you wouldn't really do or enter uh, above other players on just pure feet and skill. Yeah. There's something about the way he does it. Secondly, I think it's man management. There's something about Razor Robertson that is different from a lot of the elite coaches and that he's a nice guy. Uh, I don't mean he's not aggressive and you know a killer a competitor. He's a but he's a nice guy to play for. Yeah. People like they they like the vibe. They want to go back there. People will move to play there. And his other coaches that become good coaches that that's also a similarity uh, yeah. between him and the great coaches is mentorship. So I think it's interesting to say that he's one of the coaches in sport history. Um, it's interesting because it's in a way so far away from the me big media markets where he doesn't get that. He's about to get it, so now we're going to see yeah. how he handles the hot lights. It, it it would be it's it's a really good point you make. If he was in charge of Leinster or Toulouse or Saracens or something like that, he would be being fated as a rugby god right now, wouldn't he? For for winning yeah. a seventh title, so yeah, it's it's a good point you make. It's been an incredible season. It's been it's been it has been such an enjoyable Super Rugby Pacific season. So many great moments. I think the 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 Drewer winning games and winning games well in Fiji has been a season highlight. But from an Australian point of view, what have you liked the most this year, Jeff? Well, you know, we're we're talking about results. Uh, you know, there's 
obviously not that much to like. Uh, mm. you know, we've we've seen where the level is uh, tonight, and uh, you know we've got one Australian side that's uh, near that level. Uh, they're not at that level, but they're near it. Uh, the Brumbies, and then we've got four other sides that are some distance off that level. Yeah. And uh, and that has been the case for a long time now. So uh, I think anecdotally, you know, we, we all watch a lot of rugby. We all watch every game. And, and I think it's fair to say that it feels like there's improvement there, incremental mm. improvement, uh, yeah. certainly in a couple of the franchises. Uh, a lot of the margins have shrunk this year. Yeah, but certainly. Yeah, but but we haven't, um, you know, fundamentally changed anything in terms of results. So, yeah, you know, maybe I'm asking for another leave pass uh, year after year <laughs> and saying, look, you know, I'm feeling like uh, Australia's making a little bit of progress, and uh, let's have a look at how that plays out yeah. uh, in the early stages of next season. But yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to be too hard on Australian rugby um, because that would be wrong. Uh, but we also don't want to paint a picture that isn't there either. And, no, and what we saw tonight uh, is not the level that the Australian franchises are playing at. Uh, and that's due to a whole lot of factors, which we're not yeah. going to get into tonight. But, no. uh, but you know, uh, onwards and upwards. Certainly, certainly. Harry, what did, has, there, has there been things that you've that you've seen from the Australian sides this year where you've gone, you know what, actually that's pretty good. Yeah. I've never believed in the, you know, the binary approach of win and loss to, to look at improvement uh, or deterioration. I mean, obviously there's incremental improvement for sure. Yeah. The rebels uh, obviously are a team that's better than the rebels a year ago. Uh, I think for some in Australian rugby, it's about, I think the Waratahs take on uh, a bigger uh, share of how people diagnose how well Australian yeah. rugby is going. <laughs> It's a great point. Not great, but no one can really sneeze at the Reds' final half of the season. They were really good. They played the Chiefs to a standstill. Um, I think so. There's signs of life there. I think um, for sure, even the Force is a nuggety team. I just don't know what you do with that four-five team thing. You know, I think yeah. it's going to be difficult to have five good teams. But then yeah, again, New sure. Zealand didn't, didn't have five good teams either. Um, I would say the spine of the teams have to improve. Australian spinal play, if that's a word has to improve. I think you look at the teams tonight, yes, there's flashy counterattack back four and all that, but the spine of the top uh, Kiwi teams is solid mm. and yeah. can take a rocking, it can fold you, they can smash you, they can counter-rock. The counter-rock of the Chiefs, to me, kind of brought them back into the game. And if you're playing yeah. three, three cards down, how did you stay in it? I think the counter-rock and the, the breakdown and, and work. Yeah, in general, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. really good point. I, I get I get a couple of individuals, and I think it's it's the emergence of some some young players, and some of them who we've probably seen coming for a while. Like Fraser McWright has had a brilliant season mm. for the Reds, and is rightly, you know, pushing Michael Hooper there. Now, that all said, he could well not make the Wallaby squad when it's named tomorrow morning, uh, in Australian time on, on Sunday. So that's an interesting point in itself, but. Tom Wright switched to fullback, I think, has been mostly successful. Um, and certainly Carter Gordon for the, for the Rebels. He's, yeah. um, I wouldn't say he's come from nowhere, but I don't think anyone expected the level of improvement that we saw from him uh, this year. And I think the Rebels are in a really good place to, to, to take that next step that we've been waiting from them uh, for, for several years now. So let's hope that is the case. But, guys, I think that is... Another instant reaction behind us now after the Crusaders prevailed 25 points to 20 
over the Chiefs in Hamilton tonight in the Super Rugby Pacific final, a remarkable seventh straight title to end the, end the Scott Robertson reign in Christchurch in the Crusaders region. Um, thanks both. It was a great chat and a good way to finish uh, what has been a pretty good season of rugby. Uh, it's Cheers, been a guys. great season. Uh, thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. We'll have all the fallout tomorrow, and we now turn our attention to the Rugby Championship with the Wallaby squad to be named Sunday morning Australian time, and you'll get all the coverage of that you need on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite rugby analysis, opinions, and conversations. Thanks so much for your company. Harry and I will be back this week for another great episode of the Raw Rugby Podcast, where we can only toast the champion crusaders of 2023.